You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hey, friends. Welcome back. We are so excited. This is a different interview that we've had before. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, we have a mom and daughter duo here, which is just awesome that they are a part of this coaching world and living in the football atmosphere with that. So we are going to let them introduce themselves. So go for it. Hi, I'm Leanne Rogers at Denison, Texas. Uh, my husband is the head football coach, athletic director. I also have a son that is coaching at Snook, Texas, which is outside of College Station. Graduated from A&M and then started coaching at Snook. So just a, just a definitely a coaching family. Hi, I'm Samantha Rogers, daughter of coach Chad Rogers from Denison, Texas, girlfriend of Troy Parker from Southeastern. He's the graduate DB coach. And my brother that no Texas. Wow, this is a lot of names going on here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we'll keep it kind of easy from the beginning. So can you guys tell us a little bit about like growing up in the football industry? Like how long has well your husband and your dad <laughs> both been in the football industry? And can you guys give us like an idea of what you guys have done and like moved and all that stuff? Well, he's been coaching for 31 years. We started out in New Mexico, which you don't have to be a certified teacher to be a coach. So he was going to college and coaching at the same time. We were at New Mexico State in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We've only moved twice, which is unheard of in the coaching world. We've moved from Las Cruces to Snyder. We were in Las Cruces for 10 years and then Snyder for 13 and moved from Snyder to Denison. So we've been very fortunate that we got to stay put and not had to move a lot. No, that is very fortunate, but I think that is such a neat and unique thing when you don't have to move because you can really embed yourself in the community and really find those people around you. So I think that is amazing. And Samantha, I want to ask you for growing up with a dad that is a coach. I know that that comes with positives and just things that you have to um, kind of adjust on. So I want to know growing up in school, how it was with all the games you had to attend and things Mm -hmm. like that. I attended a lot of games. And when I was little, I always thought every girl, every boy, their dad was a coach. So every Friday night, why doesn't everyone get to go to watch their brothers play or their dad's coach? And I didn't understand why other girls don't understand football. My mom got on to me. Not everyone knows what the yellow flag is. But I will say, we moved from New Mexico to Snyder. I did not want to go to Snyder. I told him I was not going to cheer for his black and gold team. I wanted to stay in New Mexico. And yeah, it worked out good. But I only had to move from New Mexico to Snyder because when I graduated, I moved to Southeastern in Durant, Oklahoma. And how old were you when you moved from New Mexico to Snyder? I was six. So I had just started kindergarten. 
So what was that like? Can you talk about like, if you remember this part or maybe your mom wants to chime in too, but what was that like figuring out, okay, I'm having to leave all of my friends. I have to leave my school. I know you said you didn't want to go there, but do you remember anything Mm -hmm. that they said specifically to you? Not really. I just remember me being a little brat and not wanting to pick up and move because my best friend was next door to us. But mom, do you remember what you told me? No, you know, they were so young at the time. I guess we probably really didn't talk about it too much. You know, we just made that move. After that, my husband would interview for jobs and we would talk then, okay, do we want to move here? Do we want to move there? So we would discuss it. But at the time, I think we just said, okay, this is what we're doing and we're moving to Snyder. And they were six and three at the time. So didn't really have much of a say, I guess, maybe. I don't know. And it was a fast move. My husband interviewed at the end of July, which two days in Texas start the 1st of August. So we moved at the end of July and I stayed behind to pack up and move. I mean, it was like within a week we were moving from Las Cruces to Snyder. So there really wasn't much time to think about it. We just made the move. Yeah, that's a fast-paced movement. We are very familiar with just getting the call and going (laughs) next week. So we definitely get that. And from from a mother's standpoint, when they were so young and they were moving, did you have it in your head on what conversation you would have with them just to make them feel like they are a part of the process? Because we get a lot of questions. We do not have children on how to handle the football lifestyle, the moving and the time constraints that comes with it. So is there anything that you have learned over these years that you would tell someone? Well, the big thing is you need to get involved. We're, like I said, we're a football family and we were from the start. I mean, I think our kids missed one game of the 31 year. I mean, they're missing now because they're both at different places, but until they graduated from high school, they didn't miss, I think one game. And that was because a Halloween fell on a Friday night and we chose to take them trick-or-treating instead. But, you know, we, we immersed ourselves in it. We knew the team. We knew the players. Our kids, they would go and run to the players at the end of the game, you know, after they saw their dad. And so we just made ourselves a part of it. And I think that's the big thing that, that there is a big time constraint, especially when your kids are little. I think it's more so now that our football season is over. It's like, oh my gosh, he's home at five. You know, he, he messes up the whole routine of a day. You know, we, we laugh about it, that, that he's driving me crazy right now. And especially during quarantine, he was driving me crazy. But, you know, I think the hard thing is when your kids are little, you know, and you are having to take care of them, you know, six and three, but I had a good support system with other coaches' wives. One of the coaches' wives, she didn't have any kids. She's and her husband are kids' godparents. And so, you know, she would take help take, she would travel together with me and help take care of the kids. So, you know, you just have to you have to be involved and be a part of it. And it just makes a whole lot easier. Yes, we definitely agree with that. The short time that we've been in this football world, we've learned community is everything. And all the women that we've interviewed have said the same thing. So that's awesome to even hear it. But Samantha, so you're dating someone that's a coach. Mm-hmm. Did you always think you were going to date a coach? Was that always a thought in the back of your mind? Like I need to date someone that's in football. I never really thought about dating a coach or necessarily that. I just knew he had to like football. To meet my parents, that's all they talk about is football. So he had to at least understand it. But starting in high school, as a freshman, I was the equipment manager for my dad's team. I don't know how it happened, but my dad just asked me, so I started doing it. And so from 
freshman to senior year, I was my dad's right-hand man. I would help him do anything, set up his drills, fix equipment. I had other friends that joined with me, and they each had a coach, and we all helped that coach during football practice. And then coming into college, I was Southeastern's equipment manager, and that's how I met my boyfriend. But at first, I friend-zoned him because I did not want to date any football player. So my senior year, that's when we started dating. I think it's so funny because it's like you grow up in this atmosphere and having, you know, this football family and coaching and somehow you end up drawn (laughs) to someone that's in that exact same (laughs) atmosphere. So I want to know about your boyfriend. So where is he at coaching? What position is it? I know you kind of touched on it. I was the equipment manager at Southeastern. I was a junior. He was a freshman. He played defensive back for Southeastern. And one day he hurt his leg, so he needed a ride to Whataburger. I volunteered to take him, and the rest is history, I guess. We were just friends then, and then just start hanging out, and he needed rides places, so I just volunteered to take him. After he graduated in 2018 with his bachelor's, he became the graduate assistant for the defensive backs at Southeastern, and then just recently, he graduated with his master's at Southeastern. That's really cool. So you guys have just so much coaching going on in your family. So Leanne, I want to ask you, how do you balance it all? Because now your son is in coaching and did he play in college as well? He played for a year in college and then got hurt. And in fact, he played at Southeastern where Samantha was at and um, he got hurt and kind of made a decision that he wanted to be a coach and got out of playing and transferred to uh, Texas A&M because that's where he always wanted to go to college and Graduated with his bachelor's from there in May and then started coaching in Snook. So it's been hard. When they're younger, you don't miss anything that they do. You know, you're right there at everything that they do. And now he's coaching and at a game and, and I'm checking scores on my phone, you know, during our game because I really don't want to miss that because I'm, you know, invested with those kids and they're like my own children. And so really want to be there with them, but I want to be there with Chance too. So it's been a pool. Snook is a small school, so he coaches junior high and varsity football. So we were able to go watch him a couple times and and see his games. Yeah, that must be a little bit difficult trying to balance all the different schedules because of course, if it's football, they're usually all playing at similar times. So I can definitely see how that would be hard. I do want to ask with the holiday time, I do know with Texas football, there's usually playoffs that happen and go into the extended December time frame and for Christmas. So I know that your family has probably adapted to this, but I do want to know Samantha growing up with, you know, Christmas, I know this was probably just ingrained in your lifestyle (laughs) that this was part of it, but with your friends, did you ever think like, oh, why am I not having like a normal holiday time period? My parents did a good job of Thanksgiving. We always stayed wherever we were living. My dad was usually playing during Thanksgiving. We've never had to miss Christmas anywhere, but my mom always made sure that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we were at our house. So when we woke up, Santa's presents were there, and then New Year's was spent with family. So my parents always made a good gesture of always keeping Christmas where we were. That's lucky. That's awesome that you guys got to do that too. I know Thanksgiving is always a weird one too, especially in football and, and people are always like, Oh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You're like, uh, probably at a football game. I don't know. But, um, Leanne, you mentioned earlier, you have a really good connection with like 
the kids and the people and the community. Did you have anything specifically that you did over the years that you connected with them on? When we were in Snyder, we would have the team over after the games and we would watch uh, the scores on the TV with them. You know, just whoever wanted to come, bring your girlfriend, anybody was, you know, invited. Not all of them came, but but a lot of them did. And I would feed them and, and would watch the scores. Denison is a bigger school than Snyder is, so it was hard to do that. But when I was in Snyder, I worked in the business office at the school. They didn't have a job in Denison there, so I became the librarian at um, the high school. So I'm right there in the middle of the kids, and so that has been, you know, huge. I also take pictures for the team, so I'm on the sidelines. In Snyder, we'd print them out, but now with social media and everybody on the computer, I download them and they, to a website and they're able to get them from there. So that just kept me involved and kept me, you know, knowing the kids and I'm right down in the middle of things, which I love to be. So that's fun. Okay, Leanne, I have a really random question. So I want to know, what is the meal that you cook for all these players? Because every time we always talk about it, we're like, I don't even know how we'd feed all these men. Like what in the world would we do? So what was the go-to? It was lasagna, Stouffer's lasagna. You can buy the big family size. In fact, we had a player that um, he came home to visit his mom and dad and he hadn't been home in a while. She said, what do you want me to cook? And he said, you need to call Miss Rogers and find out how she cooks her lasagna. That was the best lasagna ever. And she called and I said, well, you go into United, you go to the freezer section and you get the stofers. And she said, oh my gosh. So she did that, put it in another pan and he didn't know any different. But yeah, we had pizza rolls, made lots of brownies, lasagna. Sometimes we'd have spaghetti. Sometimes we'd have soup. Just kind of depended. It was about three lasagnas that I'd have to cook to to feed all of them. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a good cook. So it's like, that's way overwhelming, but I think I could do the frozen meal. That I think. All, yeah, yeah. That was all easy. It wasn't anything homemade. All heated up. Yes. That's smart. So smart. We want to ask both of you this question, but if you guys could tell your younger self or someone just starting out in this industry, one thing that you've learned while your time being in this coaching industry, what would you tell them? To probably just just enjoy, enjoy life and enjoy what that your atmosphere that you're in. Sometimes we get caught up in wins and losses and don't, you know, look at the big picture of what some kids are learning or what they're getting out of it. But to sit back and, and just enjoy because it goes by really fast, especially when your kids are little. I mean, it blink of an eye and they were graduated and gone out of the house. So you know, just, just enjoy it. It is a special, a special life and a special time. And, and um, it, it needs to be enjoyed. I'm with my mom. Enjoy it. Cause I mean, I feel like just like yesterday, I was with my dad on the sidelines and now I'm looking back at pictures thinking, Oh, I wish, I wish I was back there. But at the time, Oh, I just wanted to graduate college. I just wanted to move to the next stop. And then a couple of years ago I was at college and, you know, I just wanted to graduate and get my degree now I'm wishing I could go back to college and be back on the sidelines because that's something that I miss the most. Samantha, I want to know what is one memory that sticks out when you were growing up with your dad? Was there a certain game or something that you remember that that was your thing that you did with your dad? Probably my favorite game is I wasn't on the sidelines at the time. I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. We were playing our rival football game. This is one of my mom's favorite too. We were playing our rival school in the playoffs and we beat them by one point. It, they were going to kick a field goal 
we blocked it, he missed it, and we won. And that was probably one of my favorite games. On the sidelines, just all of the games were, especially my senior year, my freshman year, we were 0-9. We weren't very good. And my dad told us, if you all become 9-0 and when you're seniors, I'll get you a shirt. So my senior year, we became 9-1. and And he got us our shirts and got to pass them out. We got to wear them. So that's probably probably my favorite memory with him there. No, that's super neat. That's awesome. So have you been able to see your dad's games and stuff now or not really since you guys have been so busy with your own things? At the D2 level at Southeastern, we didn't have a season this year. So we were able to at least go to my dad's home games. We went to like my one of my brother's games and one of his playoff games and then my boyfriend's best friend coaches at a school nearby. So we got to see him coach. So we just got to make our rounds on watching people that we love coach. Yeah, it's like you you didn't miss football, really. You still made it work. You saw some kind of game in person without COVID. I need some fans in the stands moments because I know that Texas high school football, I am from Allen, Texas, so I know the fans can get a little crazy. So I want to hear if you can share any that you can think of. We had a coach's wives section in Snyder, and it was distinctly the coach's wives, and pretty much everybody knew. And these guys, I don't know, I've never seen them before, somehow ended up in our section and started yelling at the coaches. And I turned around and told them, I said, I don't think you realize where you're sitting, but you're right in the middle of the coaches' wives section, and you probably don't need to be yelling at the coaches. And at halftime, they got up and left. But, you know, it does. It gets crazy. Texas football everybody takes it seriously and everybody thinks that they're the armchair coaches and so you just kind of understand that and I think probably you know the longer I've been in it that I don't really take it to heart too much what I don't like is when they yell at the kids that probably bothers me more than anything you know they're trying it's not like they didn't want to make that tackle it's not like they didn't want to block for that guy you know or the football or they didn't mean to fumble you know so my husband can take it but it's the kids that I don't like them yelling at. Yeah, I get that. Yes, we definitely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like my mom said, we had a coach's wife section, so I was playing with my friends. I honestly, when I was little, didn't realize who they were yelling at, why they were yelling at. And then once you hit elementary, there was this elementary section far away from the stands, and that's where I would go sit. So I never really heard any of the grown-ups because I was too busy with my friends. They weren't yelling at my dad. They weren't yelling at the coaches. And then once you hit junior high, you had junior high section. So we were all just hanging out, talking. And then high school hit, and I was on the sidelines. But there was just one time this guy yelled to punt. And I was like, do you not understand my dad? My dad hardly ever punts. But that's Mm -hmm. probably the only moment that I know. It was probably best that you were, like, removed in your own little section. I, I had that as well growing up. They stuck us, like, on the bleachers. Not that I'm a coach's kid, but I just remember distinctly having a middle school section and elementary school section at the games. So that's funny that <laughs> you have the same thing. But we appreciate all of the stories and the time that y'all both took to do this interview. We could talk to you for days. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We enjoyed it. Yes, I could talk for days too. Lots of stories for 31 years. Thank you. Well, thank you guys so much and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. 
be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.